Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tech Rapper Podcast. I'm Robert Scarpanito, your features editor. Andrew Rotten, editor in chief. Robert Doggett, site founder. Andrew Stretch, Wampa editor. Wampa editor, because because uh, we are live in this live service podcast. That's right? true. Well, yeah. we're not live because where's the red light? I mean, us recording are live because that's how you record. We're live but, to each uh, other. People listening to us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're, Whoa. we're live. I've never thought of it that way. Successfully live to each other. <laughs> that's how real life works. Yeah. We are just all live. We're pioneering the concept. It's crazy. Every other <laughs> podcast just records everyone's scripts separately, and then they right. need the audio engineer to put it together. Mm-hmm. You know, Scrappy had the great idea. Let's just all record at the same time as if we're having a real life conversation. Whoa. Well, let's not get too far. We are still scripted right now. We're just reading the scripts live to each that's other. Why, we're not having a that's conversation. That's why we've been able to. That's why we've been able to edit you out of the podcast for the past two weeks as well. Yes. You edited me so far out that I was in another continent, which was (laughs) wild. Um, This week, we are going to talk about um, some Final Fantasy music, and uh, we're going to jump into talking about that Crash Team Rumble live service thing. Uh, Can't wait to chat about that. Only good things, only good vibes, positive thoughts on it. Um, But first, let's talk about some pretty big news. Uh, The United Kingdom... Their uh, Competition and Markets Authority, originally, when they were looking at the Microsoft um, acquisition of Activision Blizzard, uh, thought that this might be harmful to some UK gamers, but now they have reversed course, and their current stance is that they do not believe this would uh, lead toward a monopoly, because they believe more that Microsoft would not make something like Call of Duty exclusive to the Xbox ecosystem. I'm I mean, so they definitely will someday. Place. Yeah, they definitely will. It's a business. Someday. Yeah. They definitely will. <laughs> ten years from now, when all the contracts expire. I, I don't even think it'll be ten years. Mm. You think so, though? Because, I mean, they've had Microsoft, or not Microsoft, they've had Minecraft for, I don't think ten years, but we're getting close to that, right? I mean, it's probably been ten years. Minecraft's a game that, that, like, you could play on your phone. You can play Call of Duty on your phone. Yeah, but I mean, it's 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 a different just different beast. Mm. Okay, the purchase was in 2014, so nine yeah. years. Nine years. So yeah, Minecraft has been a Microsoft product for nine years, yeah. and it's still on everything, and yeah. continuously updated on everything. It's not like Xbox is the only way to play the newest updates for Minecraft. You can play. Well, Minecraft some... makes most of its money from like merch, like it mm. sells shit. There, there are some mm-hmm. Minecraft DLCs that are limited to other platforms that are not Microsoft as well. Like yeah. they had the the Super Mario DLC that was only available on the Wii U version. The best yeah. Nintendo console. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if I actually, I, I'm trying to remember is Minecraft Legends and like Minecraft Dungeons. Those are like not just xbox either right like i know dungeons or yeah i think you're right i was dungeons with switch upcoming games earlier and i don't remember yeah. if no, legends it's definitely is on switch out. and pc yeah, it's and on playstation just... 4 as well yeah you know what now that i think about it xbox consoles have sold so poorly it's in their best interest to keep releasing other consoles mm-hmm. <laughs> for stuff like oh, minecraft yeah. Yeah, that's been what they've been saying for yeah. like a year at this point yeah, yeah. So are we negging Microsoft now? Is that? <laughs> I mean, they would make more money bringing Xbox Games Pass to PlayStation consoles 
with Sony taking a cut than they would trying to sell consoles. Do you think Sony would do that? Mm. Sony is too. Oh, they would do it, but they would think about it. Like they would let the cut, public, like Apple takes from Fortnite. Mm-hmm. Think about the the revenue that not only Sony would generate, but Microsoft would have a whole other platform to pull gamers from. I mean, that's why. Yeah, that's why they're that's trying to get into talk. the TV app market. Like yeah. Samsung TVs yes. have mm-hmm. Game Pass. Uh, right. Sync a Bluetooth controller to your TV, and yep. it's as if you have the Xbox. But do you, do you really think Sony would let something so down no. market, so plebeian yeah. like Xbox James Pass onto their uh, no. onto their prestigious? That's no, a smart move, so it system. won't happen. Yeah, um, I mean, you, uh, Sony's made pretty smart there. moves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, except for PlayStation Plus and that whole yeah. thing. Well, I don't know. It's been I mean, pretty but, mid. But PlayStation Triple Plus was their uh, their contender to a Game Pass. I I can't say it's uh, been as successful, maybe in the in you know the culture. But they are trying to get some things. Like I think Chia was uh, you know free oh, yeah. with your PlayStation Plus purchase. Uh, Stray was also free. Mm-hmm. Well, Asterisk they, they free. Have been, the games that have been getting added to the service, not the new games, but like. Games that have been adding to the service are really strong games. They're really strong contenders. And for a publisher out there, um, like I know that there's rumors that a whole bunch of Atlas games are about to get like added again to to Game Pass. For a publisher out there to be able to get on both of those deals is a great idea. That's that's great for you to get your game out, especially for games that kind of when you see this like this the new sales begin to decline. Yeah get a deal get a huge boost of revenue from those old game purchases that you don't need to touch anything you don't need to alter anything and you can get a new boost of income from it from one of these deals um, right and truly even benefits like, everyone even if one percent of the people who play it after it gets on that that new you know the, the game pass or playstation plus mm-hmm. if even one percent of them are like oh my god why didn't i play this game before i'm such a big fan now in the future, I'm going to buy merch. I might buy the game. I might, you know, mm-hmm. go to an event yeah. that is related to this game in some way. Like, you know, that's still a pretty big boost. Yeah. Yeah. But to bring it all back to the merger or the acquisition, so to revisit, do we really think Call of Duty is going to be an Xbox exclusive within 10 years? I don't think it would be to their advantage because... Yes, I think I think Call of Duty as an exclusive would bring in money, but I don't think it would bring in the level of money that the microtransactions within the game on all platforms bring in. Mm. Because you've got that up front. Cool, I've got that up front $60, but if you can do that up front $60 and you know, 20 maybe $20 a month or something from some people buying the new skins and things like that within the platform. Um I think you make significantly money, more money that way. And you really kind of shoot yourself in the foot, not having it multi-platform because of that. Mm. I mean, also if they continue the trend to make the, the, you know, to make these new, newer games, like $70 price price points as well. Um, you know, there's definitely still, there's still healthy incentive to get it on the Xbox platform, but Microsoft would just be throwing money away. You know, they'd have to do the math and think, well, if there's someone who is going to want to, you know, save the 60 bucks 
and get it through Game Pass, they're going to need the $400, $500 machine that will counterweigh like 10 Call of Duty sales on a PlayStation, like, well, like 10, 11, 12. So it's like, mm -hmm. do we think that we can get one person to buy Game Pass and a new Xbox? Or do we think that 11 people will pick up the new Call of Duty when it releases? And there's just yeah, got to be no, some finance yeah. nerd who's it's the easiest job in the world to just say, like, yeah, we should sell it everywhere we fucking can. <laughs> mm -hmm. Is Game On still around? What about the Ouya? Can the <laughs> can we stream to an Ouya? Will that work? Ouya, the whole of mine. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I, I agree with you there, right? That no matter what, I think Microsoft will make more money keeping. Call of Duty on other platforms because it still consistently breaks into the top 10 best selling games every year. You know, every time it comes out in October or, you know, September, October, November, whenever it comes out in that window, it always immediately is like the number one or number two best selling game of that weekend. Right. Yeah. So, like, the, the thing is, like, Activision Blizzard in Q4 of 2020 made $1.3 billion from microtransactions. And $1.5 was a number that Call of Duty Mobile did at one point, just in microtransactions. So at the end of the day, the value of the platform is not that initial sale. It's the longevity and getting players to buy in. Yeah, I, I, think, it, uh, I think it's definitely going to keep releasing on this generation. But I... I it's so hard to predict what things are going to look like towards the end of this generation because they're obviously putting a lot of effort into something like game pass. Cause I, if, if it gets to a certain healthy point where they could be like, look and sell it to people and to like parents be like, you just get in this uh, subscription. You don't have to do this big $70 upfront fee on top of the new console or whatever that might be in the future. And you're in already. Mm -hmm. You're done. Mm -hmm. That's it. I think that's massive. Yeah, yeah, and and I see where you're coming from, where it's hard to predict, right? Because I think if we had, if we were doing this podcast when the PS4 and Xbox One just came out, right? Yeah. PS4 would like we everyone would be predicting, oh, the Xbox One's going to dominate this generation because the 360 dominated the last generation, right? Yeah. And then by the end of that the PS4 was actually the more dominant one. Even Call of Duty switched sides and was like, we're going to do all of our exclusives yeah. and <laughs> PlayStation way, advantage, do. right? Um, so here we are now. I mean, I guess we're almost three years into a new console cycle, even though it doesn't yeah. really feel that way. Still doesn't, um, yeah. No, but who knows? I mean, by the end of this, yeah, it could be the Xbox is just the dominant, you know? Well, I mean, game. like, because uh, I think uh, some estimated figures, because they haven't put out official numbers for, like, mm -hmm. console sales, either, neither Sony nor Microsoft. But, like, I guess it was, it was, um, I don't know the hard numbers, but, like, percentage-wise, it was, um, like, Sony or PlayStation 5 had sold, like, 50% more than Xbox. So it's not like it's double. And if we follow those, heard was that it was double. I don't think I, I could be wrong if we could look it up, but I remember it being more like markets, probably something like two thirds to one third in terms mm. of, or well, a little less than that mm. is kind of what it's looking at. So it's not like it's hugely behind. It's definitely smaller. Right. But, but not it's, like, not, it's not like it sound like the Wii U or something. Like it's not it, sound like shit. It's not an Ouya. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, there's a lot. Like if for a long time, with same with the PS5, it, you couldn't get it on shelves either. Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't find it anywhere. You had to get some crazy deal. Right. It was in the same boat for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you know, this isn't to say too that Call of Duty is the only real important contender in this acquisition, oh, right? King, of King's the biggest part. King's the biggest part. But also when it comes to this, you know, potential monopoly kind of situation, I don't think King is necessarily talked about only because it's it's on mobile, right? There isn't really as much of a discussion about like Android yep. versus iPhone. Like uh, that doesn't have the same weight as Xbox or Not anymore. It used to. Yeah, used to. <laughs> Not so much now, right? Uh, um, and, and, you know, you'd be hard pressed to see Microsoft saying, okay, now we're only Android. Fuck iOS. Like, no, they're no. not going to do that, right? Um, but there's also Blizzard part of it, right? I mean, Blizzard's ramping up to release Diablo yeah, 4 soon. a bit of a rebound at the moment, yeah. They are. And if Diablo 4, because it's looking like that's also going to be live service, if I remember, because there's a battle pass that's part of the initial... Well, they, they do $70 and stuff, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, if Diablo 4 releases successfully, that's going to be another moneymaker. Not to mention Overwatch is also currently doing that same, you know, live service, battle pass, buy the skins business model, right? Yeah. Like, I don't think people are as happy with, with Overwatch 2, though. No. Not as happy, but I remember when Overwatch 2 first came out, or I guess when Overwatch 1 first updated to Overwatch 2, um, a yeah. couple months after, didn't Microsoft say they had like 40 million players at one point Absolutely. who played Overwatch? It's crazy. Something like that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, you're, it's a good point because Blizzard's kind of the king of no keeping king a, a fan base another. around forever. And now mm-hmm. that there's been new modern ways to monetize those fan bases, like, sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. I mean, people yep. still play original StarCraft too, mm. like a lot of people do. Yeah, and I'm, I guess I'm I I don't know as much about Diablo Immortal, like in terms of its success. I haven't heard it really talked about in a while. But I'm sure it pulled microtransactions, and that's probably I'm sure. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing the player base has dwindled significantly. Right. With Diablo 4 on the horizon, I'm sure it has. Why invest the time if if the new one's coming? Right. Plus Diablo has always kind of been like uh, you know, you it's like quote-unquote core gaming experience like you're gonna sit at your pc to play it you know you're not gonna like whip out your phone on the bus get do a dungeon or two or whatever do a couple bail runs on the ride home yeah (laughs) so yeah i mean if this is the uk you know one of the big authorities that's looking at this right that's um saying that they don't believe this would be a this would lead to a monopoly that's a pretty big win for microsoft right now yeah so more likely to acquire maybe but it makes you i i don't know i think with some it make it might make a little more hesitant for big companies because activision is huge but it's not like ea or something mm-hmm. like that's a whole different level of stuff we're talking about when those come into play um because there's awesome. not a lot like it turns to like what's uh, ea is just such a beer company mm. I don't know. I I think with uh, with how much shit Sony stirred with this, the ne- whatever's next, if there is a next, is going to be so much bigger. Mm. I mean, I know they, what was easy about this was that Call of Duty is a lightning rod for everything, mm-hmm. but it would be they could say, "Look, you, you guys let all that through, and now this on top of it? No fucking way! Are you are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Whatever it would be, if it's one of the big ones." Like right. like an EA and Ubisoft or uh, 
Square Enix or whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ubisoft is one of the ones where I could kind of see it being acquired in the next five years. Oh, well, it, I mean, I definitely. Their financial issues. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to happen. And then there's been all like endless rumors about Sony trying to get Square Enix. Yeah, or Capcom. I always hear it's like, yeah, oh, they're going to buy Capcom. They're going to buy Square Enix. And... I mean, they're two Japanese companies and they're a Japanese company. Mm-hmm. Right. And they have a lot more history with Sony and the PlayStation console. Yeah. yeah. And no matter what, we're not going to hear about Sony purchasing anything until well and truly after all oh, the yeah. Activision stuff oh, yeah. goes through because mm-hmm. there is no way that Sony is going to be, you know, nursing their nursing their poor, talking about how how big yeah. and bad and mean Xbox is, and then like flip around and purchase <laughs> purchase a large yeah. company and immediately put in yeah. um you know, put in exclusivity on like all future game titles. Right. It would be really funny if this whole saga ends, the uh, acquisition is completed. And then like two days later, Sony's like, yeah, we're buying square now. Yeah. Um, no, no fucking way with how much that Microsoft could just bring up final fantasy 16. How fucking big that's, that's looking to be. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. That, I'm sure that monstrous. just knowing that square Enix is square Enix, they probably wouldn't even be able to, get started half of the, like the anti-competitive or monopoly yeah. bullshit uh, yeah. that's going on yeah well i think we also have to consider too like how much bigger a company like microsoft is compared mm-hmm. to sony like like not just the gaming division i'm talking like azure and microsoft office yeah. right like microsoft is a huge company they can afford well, to just yeah, drop you, 70 billion when you talk about microsoft it's like one of the largest companies in the world Mm-hmm. by magnitudes yeah like it gets talked about in the same breath as apple and google and amazon like mm-hmm. those are where it lives <laughs> i mean and especially when like we know that in recent years it went from xbox like being the beloved child of microsoft but not as important and then as how much we've heard with like phil spencer yeah. getting like a seat at the table mm-hmm. when like the big microsoft matters get brought up and stuff and you know it, it seems that there was a there was definitely a twig that that happened where it's like okay microsoft like sees the direction that this is going they put the right man at the helm um and they're they're willing to financially back that horse and there was a lot of like uncertainty with xbox when nadella took over like everybody thought that his focus was going to be on the azure and the business side Mm -hmm. but he's also shown like a pretty big propensity to support xbox which i think Bro, is he's also just a, a gamer reason. like the rest of us <laughs> yeah. big ceo is just a like a billionaire us. gamer like that's the right. rest of us. but will he go on stage and play smash with Hungrybox like reggie one day maybe. maybe maybe this e3 maybe we'll see we'll see satya nadella take take the stage I, don't know. I think this all sucks still i wish the deal wasn't happening i think it's stupid i i do not buy the this is good for competition no it's not it's one of the biggers getting bigger yeah uh, i would be just as against it if sony was buying it if ea was buying it if anybody was buying it it's i think it sucks i think mm. it, it ultimately leads to less competition i think there's plenty of competition between xbox and sony and playstation at the moment that mm-hmm. i don't I, I don't think they need more firepower for whatever reason yeah i mean i think what that makes me think about is with xbox right that they've 
acquired so many studios in the past 10 years right like xbox game studios is an umbrella for like a ton of smaller studios underneath it you know Mm -hmm. and and we're talking like from all sorts of genres right like you've got people who made you know um fucking like obsidian and in exile right like nerdy ass (laughs) rpgs but then you know you have fucking the force of people right Mm -hmm. like and now they're working on fable you know there's just a lot that microsoft has and we keep hearing the news of like acquisition, 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 but we're not really. I haven't seen a lot from it yet. Much I still haven't been it, yeah. seeing much. Yeah, yeah. I, I think mean, Call you... of Duty is just easy because it is it is probably the biggest non Nintendo brand the, nope. that you hear about the most. It's across TikTok, Facebook, I, Twitter. Like you I see think there's everywhere. one game that 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 would have changed the tune of the uh, UK board there or the Fort, EU board. Radical Heights, Fortnite. Nope. If if they said, "All right, Microsoft now owns Grand Theft Auto 5 I'd be like, oh, mm-hmm. "I'd be like, oh, shit. Pillar. I'd be yeah. like, "Yeah, there's that." I'd be like, "That's big enough to be like, <laughs> no fucking way." GTA I mean, Six, Microsoft, Xbox only. Can you imagine that? Can you realize yeah. it would cost them like probably twice what it costs to buy Activision Blizzard to just acquire. for the one IP? That yeah. would be insane. Like I can't. That number yeah. would be staggering. That one. If if anybody tries to acquire Take Two, that will be the biggest battle of all time. Like, mm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. massive for sure. Yeah, the crazy but, like they're definitely they're publishing a lot. Like a lot of games are coming out. It's just they're not like they're not landing. Um, in twenty twenty two, yeah, in twenty twenty two, there was As Dusk Falls, uh, Forza Horizons Five, Hot Wheels, Grounded had its full release, Age of Empires Four, and Pentiment. They do a lot more genre stuff, which I like. Yeah, yeah. a lot more double Sony's definitely the blockbuster king. Yeah. But and, it's cool no. that they're doing the genre stuff at Microsoft. Right. And that, that kind of fits the their business model if you think about it. Because Games Pass, yeah. right, is all about like I'm gonna have Absolutely. access to everything. So I might not have bought Pentiment, but I have access to Pentiment. So yeah. I'll check it out. You Whereas should buy Sony, I'm I'm just I haven't even side. touched it. I don't yeah, I don't know how to read Pentiment. I'm illiterate. Um but they with have Sony a, they have that explains our features. It does, yeah. Thank you. Um <laughs> With Sony, though, right, they have to they have to build that one big blockbuster that appeals to as many people as possible because everyone has to pay the seventy dollar ticket to get in. Yep. Yeah. No, I think that's right. I just yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, In regardless, it is a monstrous deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think what I mean, what Microsoft wants, obviously, is they don't really have the sure bets. They don't mm-hmm. have the easy money. Like you're, if you're gonna have Call of Duty, you're gonna be making money. Right. Like it's 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 a sure thing. Yep, we're we're gonna make roughly probably about this amount of money every year from this release, and that's reliable. Mm-hmm. Yep. On top of all the other stuff that Activision Blizzard brings, obviously a bunch of constant steady stream of money, which uh, Microsoft doesn't really have any much of at the yep. moment. Yeah, for sure. Since Halo failed. So, well, Halo may have failed, uh, but you know, you I'm know what is sad must they be about that too, right? Well, they'll have a, a new shooter soon. Yeah, season two own... of the show will come out at some point, right? Too. Oh, God. <laughs> That's as good as The Last of Us, isn't it? Yeah, it's prestige television. Yeah, yeah. but they will have Call of Duty soon, right? For sure, for sure, absolutely. And um, Call of Duty TV show? No, no. They'll have, oh. Microsoft will own Call of Duty soon, and oh, with yes. that, that'll be their new um, premier shooter that everyone will play, and. Uh, it's going to be the home of Shredder from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 
Uh, <laughs> Brought it back. The, the famous military shooter character Shredder, um, who I think about all yeah, the why time. Why does he just shoot the turtles? Why is he fucking <laughs> around with the? His, his name's Shredder Shooter. He's got to live up to the name. I mean, you, you can, can shred. With yeah, a, you can shred, yeah. shred with bullets. Yeah, it's true. I guess you could make Swiss I mean, cheese of these fucking turtles. Mm-hmm. They do have the shells, and they are Turtle ninjas, too. I guess, and mutants. Yeah. But yeah, so Shredder is in um, Call of Duty now. Uh, we're just shifting over to a, a more focused story here about Call of Duty specifically. Just you know, while we're talking about it and it being a big lightning rod for this acquisition yeah. story, right? Um, and the reason I think we want to bring it up is that Fortnite um, is is famously the game where you can play as Goku wearing Pickle Rick on your back while holding a unicorn <laughs> gun of some kind to then grab All Might's superpower to punch someone into outer space unless that person has the Thanos gauntlet. You know, it's, it's just this mess of like a metaverse, if you will. Of One of the best sentences I ever said. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, and Call of Duty hasn't really done that too much. I think they had an Attack on Titan um, like they event did. a couple months ago. I can't think of any other major crossover event type things but now here we are with shredder from the teenage mutant ninja turtles ip yeah shredder's as big as like thanos right <laughs> i think about them both a lot yeah they're purple are they i does guess shredder, yeah. does shredder wear purple shit yeah I, yeah are you yeah, thinking of so. skeletor no i know <laughs> skeletor is shredder wears purple shit does he i yeah, I, I, I don't know oh no I yeah i guess cape. he has yeah. a purple cape purple cape Oh, just yeah. like Thanos, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then Shredder's very close comparison. Some gauntlets, mm-hmm. and they're the same, right? And and Shredder famously analogs. tried to get the six gems. Yeah, he's trying to, to collect the the colored gems of red, orange, purple, blue. What are the rest, Otten? What are the rest? <laughs> I was naming the colors of the turtles. <laughs> the Roy G. Biv, yeah. <laughs> and then April Neal's yellow. Just saying, mm-hmm. the turtles mm-hmm. are the turtles are the stones. Oh, okay. And Rafiki is the. I know it's not Rafiki. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> but this is kind of weird to see, right? Because Call of I'd Duty rather, is. Oh, always... Speaking of, sorry to derail oh, yeah? it, but I'd rather no, see Rafiki than Shredder in Call of Duty. Can you imagine how cool that fucking? <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> so much cooler. But I think that's the, that's the interesting <clears throat> to me. The interesting thing about all this is that you know Fortnite kind of set the blueprint. It's, it's it's you know one of the most successful you know live service shooting games out there. I, mean, I think you can just say games. One of the most successful games out there and oh, arguably yeah. part of it is because, you know, they're doing all of these crossover events that are bringing people in, whether you want to play yeah. as Ariana Grande or fucking Indiana Jones, right? Oh, John Cena. <laughs> John Wick. Yeah, that's we could, one of the OGs, man. Legit, we could probably write a feature that's like the top 10 Johns in Fortnite. Probably. There, there might be enough. in there? Maybe. I think he is. You'd, you'd have to put Mr. Banana in there. This is John. John, Johnny Banana. You're acting like we should know. You're you're surprised yeah. that we I, don't know the lore of Mister Banana. A, a John is slang for a penis. Oh, yeah. I see. I guess. Yeah, see, because the I, banana. I, I is thought about penis. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you don't. You don't. You didn't really see Call of Duty doing this much, but. Here we are, right? Like this is the second kind of big one. Um, if I remember right, too, isn't Overwatch still currently doing a One Punch Man 
event. I think they're, uh, they're currently doing yeah. it or it just wrapped up. Yeah. Um, and I mean, so like, we're also seeing this happen a whole bunch in shooters, but like we we came from like uh, Fall Guys as well. Yeah. Fall Guys was doing crossovers and and you know play the game and beat the battle pass and get the skin for Sonic the Hedgehog um, years ago. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's definitely shown that it works with games, but part of it, I don't know why, it gives me this vibe of like some suit being like, you know what the Zoomers like crossovers yeah you know what i mean that's i don't know why it's got that vibe because it's only one thing it just does it's kind of a, a limp-wristed fucking crossover <laughs> to start with yeah i think uh what stands out to me too here is that fortnite is that when they do a crossover it's not like your fortnite character is cosplaying as yeah. you know aaron from attack on titan you are just straight up Aaron from Attack on yeah, Titan. There's just doing, a million mechanics in one game. Doing dances and flossing, right? Like yeah. you just are the character. Whereas here in Call of Duty, it looks more like it's it's your it's just a, a military yeah. dude cosplaying skin, a yeah. shredder. Yeah. Uh, same with Overwatch. It's, it's just it's, a skin. Uh, fucking Doomfist cosplaying a Saitama. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think that's a good yeah. point because like Fortnite went so far as adding, you know, with Goku the Kamiyamama in yeah, there. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they do and that it is Goku. Their, yeah, like Darth Vader is in there and shit. It's got his lightsaber. Mm-hmm. So yeah. kind of shit. Yeah, so like Fortnite's the... just going with the real like it's the character. Right? Yeah. Where where Fortnite has the advantage, not just in like all of the mechanics, but also the art style is so fitting to anything. Yep. Like there's yeah. no way you're going to get a realistic looking. Deku from My Hero Academia into Call of Duty. Um, yeah. That I think that like Shredder makes a whole bunch. Like it's weird. You would almost look at Shredder and be like, "Why are they adding Shredder? Why aren't they adding any of the turtles?" And it's like, well, that would in like that would mean that you would need to create new hitboxes and new models and potentially figure some mechanics out. It's like, oh no, like let's just let's just put shredderin because he will look like a military man and that's it um that they're just they're never going to be able to take it as far i definitely like see what you're doing i think what they're doing is fine um if it gets too colorful it becomes a problem but yeah that's the struggle of of kind of modern shooters i guess is you you aim for these kind of darker tones or kind of more natural tones because of the environment and the realism and once you start throwing in like super bright skins it does make it a little easier to spot people and it can be a competitive disadvantage it, it, it becomes like that image on the internet of like you know you playing a military game when your custom character is in is on the screen and you've got like three fully decked out military dudes and then a guy dressed as a clown <laughs> yeah <laughs> like directly behind them and it's just like well that's you're gonna be limited in what you can and cannot do mm-hmm for sure well while we're talking about shooters should we talk about the new the next big one that's coming to the market soon we got uh counter-strike 2 the the first yes the first game valve has made in 30 years counter-strike half-life alex Alex. i'm joking because you You know son of a bitch how dare you it's not on psvr 2 so it's dead to me Uh, um it's true yeah yes why did they not name it count to strike count to strike 
can we can you speak more on that? Game Same reason they didn't games? name it Fast Ten Year Seatbelts. C O U N two strike. Count two strike. Now I like want you in to... the same vein as like for three year. And I stretch. I want you to think about it more, mm-hmm. and just just let us know if you still want to die on this hill. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a great name. They should have stuck with it. Count okay. two strike. Okay. I couldn't disagree more. <laughs> Could not. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think know if that player base can count. But... Well, two <laughs> is a pretty big number. Yeah. Um, I don't know. CS two makes more sense to me. But hey, if you if you want to do a C two S kind of thing, you. Uh, I think it is funny C2S. that it's called Counter Strike two because we've got Counter Strike, which is commonly one point six because that's where it ended. Check source, counterpack 1.6. Source, Counter-Strike, yeah, condition zero. Yep. You got CSGO. So, I mean, I guess two does make sense if it's the second yeah. one. And CSGO was the uh, the mobile game, right? No. I don't know right, what that's you're question for you. <laughs> no. Pokemon Go. As uh, someone who's got way too many hours in it. Yeah, yeah that'd be a great <laughs> game. Let me go around catching terrorists. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> nice instead of pokemon um, gyms you're breaking into like um you know, a lot of people that play houses. pokemon go are terrorists mm-hmm. let's be real yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yep uh counter-strike 2 um they they showed off some some gameplay they showed off like hey, here's like the maps we've we've redone and rebuilt uh they showed off some tech uh like, like i, I don't know it's different there's one big change that is actually humongous like i'm the not smoke? gonna discount the, the smoke change yeah it changes the game dramatically mm-hmm. but other than that it doesn't seem like there's a lot <laughs> it's, it's not like i don't think it's massively different so they they're they're doing it on the new engine the mm. lighting and textures are a lot more kind of like realistic. It looks a lot um, better for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It looks a lot better. Um, I think smoke is definitely a game changer, but like yeah. I think pixel by pixel when it comes to the kind of the fundamental design of the maps, it's pretty much the same. I mean, from mm-hmm. what I was seeing, yep. all of the like Counter-Strike is known for its grenade throws, right? The, the cheeky smoke off the entire, uh, B site at uh, I can't remember the map at this point. Um, and and that hasn't changed at all. I'm watching, I was Mm. watching videos yesterday of people on the new maps like checking the exact same smokes I used to chuck. Um, but I think that there's some underlying, um, the tick rate is higher, so uh, right, you know, network performance is not going to be quite as dependent on your connection. So I think it's going to probably level the field when it comes to like uh, latency and stuff like that. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's the big challenge with shooters. Um, right. And isn't yeah, it... the smoke grenade is a as a game changer. Like it, it's going to completely change the meta. Um, and that meta hasn't changed, changed since two thousand four. Yeah. Well, right. I think well, that back I mean... since like twenty eighteen when they changed the spray patterns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and isn't is the like everything about the tick rate now is happening on the server side, right? So that way, like you Correct. can't like less likely to lag. Like yeah. you can't really blame lag anymore for sucking. But you can't at the blame game. lag. You can't take advantage of lag, which is the usually yeah. the the most frustrating thing. Um, server side, it's server side rendering. I don't know if it's rendering or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more dependent on the server you're on more so than whoever is hosting the match because. The way CS was working, it was it was a truly it was hosted by one person, mm. um, and everybody was connecting to that person. 
Yeah. I could be wrong on that, but that's how I remember it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I played up until I think I hit legendary Eagle at one point, which is like a couple ranks down from whatever the highest one is. Mm-hmm. Um, I quit when the spray patterns change, but like seeing the smoke stuff, like I want to, I want to come back immediately because that is, that's a complete tactical change that you can shoot through smokes and see through them or chuck yeah. a grenade. So you chuck a, a, for people who don't know what we're talking about, you can now displace smoke. So you chuck a smoke nade down, it does its thing. It'll actually conform to spaces now instead of just being kind of a, a circle. Right. Um, and if you chuck a frag grenade into the smoke grenade, it dissipates for a second. So you can see through it and then try and take people out, you know, bullets displace. It's crazy that yeah. it's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it'll change a lot. Cause yeah, like the, cause it was static smoke was static before it was largely like, okay, we have that obstacle in place and we know it'll be here for X amount of time. Mm-hmm. And now you don't have that reliability anymore. <laughs> right. Like the enemy can do something to counterplay the yeah. smoke. Yeah. It's it's pretty crazy. But one thing that I do think is might come up, I've seen some people talk about it, is um, Counter Strike CS:GO is pretty infamous for being able to run on like fucking anything. Mm-hmm. It can run on the the lamest hardware out there, and it does it just fine. But on the, uh, I think that'll suck for people that might not have you know powerful hardware for like computer on the PC side and stuff. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, the when you get into the higher end things though, like frame rate does matter a lot. And for, especially for the higher skill people, mm-hmm. like uh, the difference between someone that's running at like 80 or 90 and someone that's running at like 150 is pretty ginormous. Like it makes a big competitive difference. I don't think it's going to be that big of a thing with, with the uh, Counter-Strike 2 because source, it, even source 2 is infamously like pretty easy on hardware. But like a lot of people saying the smoke stuff in particular because the volumetric and stuff that could definitely tank some stuff for people. So we yeah. interested to see what people learn about with that. Because uh, while we are maybe losing the lag stuff, it's like ooh, if we're at getting a little more hardware um, pressure on things that does change weirdly change stuff for like people that don't know a lot about Counter Strike or competitive stuff. Like it really is uh, like. Minimal. You have to have the best of the best to compete. Yeah, yeah, like like little decimal points of stuff change a lot uh, when you get up there. It's a very twitchy game. So like mm-hmm. something that's just you know two tenths of a second where you don't think it's going to be or where you thought it was going to be, but it's not for whatever reason is a big, right. big change. Like when yeah, you that see that millisecond those, uh, is is the difference between you winning an engagement and you yeah. losing it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Probably to a lesser extent, but I wonder how the release of CS:GO will affect like the the. Uh, I know that the, the the Korean term PC bong, but like the internet cafe scene. Oh man! Is they could probably you know have a room of fifty machines all running minimal hardware, yeah. and this you know if if Count Two Strike does end up becoming like as large, bigger than uh, Counter Strike One or what it was called before, um, then will that mean, you know, for them as a business overhead, it's just going to be like, fuck, like 3060s everywhere. And I mean, uh, usually PC bongs are, one of the draws of them is that they have at least decent, if not mm-hmm. pretty good hardware. Um, 
So I think you're less likely to find like, like if you're going to a PC bong, you're going there for the premium gaming experience. So yeah. most of them do generally have pretty decent rigs. Mm-hmm. I can't confirm if all of them can run the volumetric fog stuff. Yeah, but, I'm sure yeah. they will. Yeah, I, like I think that like I've seen a lot of people talking about it, like. Uh, I think that stuff we're really talking about fractions here, which for the, your general people that are going to be playing something like Counter Strike is not going to, it's not going to change the way they interact with the game probably for the most part. But it's for those higher level players, which is a big part of Counter Strike. Counter Strike's had one of the longest running like tournament scenes in gaming, mm. um, and it's a big part of the culture of the second of the only to the LCS for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. it's been around forever yeah like when i was in korea they um there's a channel on tv like you can just channel surf and there's a channel yeah. that's dedicated to playing counter-strike like streaming believe, yeah, counter-strike sure. tournaments yeah. yeah and this it's is like huge. Over I mean, it's still. arenas yeah. It's, yeah. yeah yeah that's awesome yeah so i can imagine you know counter-strike 2 is probably gonna do pretty well for the brand like you're probably gonna get a huge influx I mean, of like maybe casual people who want to try it for the first time but then you know, I mean, we already I think it's saw already CS:GO. Yeah, CS:GO's got mm-hmm. its newest high, highest concurrent players, right? Playing one point five million yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So, people are ready. People are eager. It's crazy. Yeah, everybody's jumping like back in. One of the most popular games not talked about amongst the general gaming community. You don't hear about it much if you're not playing it. It's the yeah. skill difference. Yeah. If we're being yeah. honest, like only, Counter, only hardcore Counter-Strike takes gamers. a lot of precision and planning and thoughtfulness to how you play compared to something like Call of Duty where you can just sprint around and shoot people, which <laughs> like the twitchiness of Call of Duty still matters, but they're two completely different. Well, I think part of it is that you die and you sit around a while. There's that yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's really just PC game for the most mm-hmm. part. So what we're saying here is that Counter-Strike needs a one-punch man collaboration so people will talk about it more, right? I wouldn't be surprised uh, if they do some, needs some crazy shit. Like, it doesn't they, need they it. Glove skins? Like, it's... Yeah. I wasn't saying yeah. it's not popular enough. It's just surprising with how popular it is that you don't really hear about it. Yeah, well, much. I think that, that's part of it, though, right? Is that they're, like, Counter-Strike, for the most part, isn't something that's that's... You know, here's this event. Here's this big, oh, yeah. you know, update. Right? It just kind of like a it. Consistent thing. You know, what you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the people, people that play who... it, play it, and they follow it fervently. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what else? A lot of people are gonna play very fervently. I expect um, that cra- crash, oh, crash team rumble. Um, it's, I don't understand. It's coming. This game is. <laughs> it's it's just... a four v four live service um crash bandicoot video game uh live service where you and your team can collect a lot of wumpa fruit to then deposit back at your base and uh a team with the most wumpa fruit wins but you know you have different uh actions and abilities like to to you know stop the enemy team i wasn't asking what are for this doing? I did. Is this I like the, the old PE games that you could play where everybody in the class would basically try and get as many things back to a basket as possible, but the difference is in this one, you could just beat the shit out of them? I mean, it's, yeah. you could beat the shit out of kids as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't let's get just, attention for it. This is going to join a list. I need to start making this list of games that like you could tell right away that aren't going to work but have a similar vibe to this. Mm-hmm. Something like Knockout City, it was like, oh, 
that's that's not going fucking anywhere. Know that immediately. Yeah. Which was um, a shame. Bunch of there's a bunch of games like that where this feels like it lives in that same category. Kind Law of breakers. <laughs> I wouldn't put those in this category, but <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Yeah, Crash, Crash Team Rumble, because we, we'd heard rumors about it for so long. Um, and people were really, well, people, of the people who were looking forward to it, um, were kind of hoping that it would shake out to be something more similar to like Crash Bash, which is a Mario Party-esque Crash Bandicoot game that doesn't have the board, just has the mini games. Um, it came out on PlayStation 1. Um, it was fun, but... To, to see this being so blatantly trend chasing, um, it, it feels like it looked at it looked at every other competitive 4v4 game and then it looked at Splatoons and thought, okay, Splatoon has kind of shifted shifted the the finish line a bit to make it about coloring spaces. What do we have? Collectibles. Let's collect stuff. Let's bring it back. Um, yeah, it's like a, co- a competitive collectible game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a stupid idea. <laughs> I just, there's no way to see it work. I, I it's bizarre. I mean, looking at the pricing model for it already, um, I think it's just it's a lot of red flags to me. So it's thirty bucks to buy mm-hmm. the game, and when you buy it, you get access to the battle pa- the season one battle pass, right? Or you can spend $40 on the Deluxe Edition, which also gets you the Season 2 Battle Pass, which so they're basically promising you content that, you know, is like before you can even see what the game is like, like in your own hands, right? They're saying buy our Season 2 Battle Pass with a $40 purchase, which just seems like yeah. over-promising, under-delivering, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, the crazy thing is, this is 100% not only going to get released and supported it's going to get supported for a long amount of time because mm-hmm. um, crash team racing nitro fueled which was the last crash game that released which was a remake of the first crash team racing the game come like starts with eight playable characters no one heard about it you know it was such small news but they just consistently kept releasing new seasons new battle passes new characters um nitro fuel ended up with 56 playable characters that included every single racer from prio uh crash bandicoot racing games um and also characters who have never been part of crash bandicoot racing games like spyro um that just like you heard nothing at all but there's now 56 characters in this primarily single player adventure racing game Mm. yeah so what you're saying is in two years time we're going to hear about the 56 characters in crash team rumble probably like the 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 fact that this racing game that that people enjoyed but was not a live service game ended up getting the super smash bros ultimate everyone is here treatment um i would not be surprised if if this time next year crash team rumble was still alive and had probably every single crash bandicoot main character Mm. um, including some enemies like we're gonna have like default generic enemies um and they will be in there 
so we might see like a piranha plant level of enemy show up yeah. as a playable character I'm, I'm picturing yes. like the the hopping green frill neck lizard guys from mm. the from the first crash yeah. bandicoot game this i can like, see them being in it this has the vibe of like you know how when 3d platformers were kind of like everybody's like all right we're kind of over these there's too many of these fucking things going out this is a long time ago for all you zoomers out there you know what i'm talking about but like, remember how they tried to jazz them up with just like mini games all the time? Like, hey, we're gonna there's fucking hockey now in this platformer <laughs> and stuff yeah. like that. This feels like a is mode. An incredible game. It's <laughs> 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 just like a mode that is something like that that someone would have an idea like that, or like you know those weird um and like Mario Kart's got those weird other modes like battle modes and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's got a vibe like that. Like, oh, here's this little mini game you can fuck around with instead of here's a whole game. <laughs> with this stupid fucking idea yeah yeah i I can't say i am interested in this one and if you watch the uh the trailer for it uh like otten and i watched it earlier and we were both like i don't know what you're doing this game i still don't really understand it (laughs) i get that you're running around and stuff yeah the trailer it's not a good trailer yeah but i guess if we are curious uh there is going to be a uh a closed beta for april 20th through the 24th uh but if you pre-order the game or you can wait until the game fully releases on june 20th you know what is that like two weeks after diablo 4 two days before final fantasy 16 may is uh just after the month of releasing games y'all june yeah May and June. Yeah, just give me give me another single player Crash Bandicoot game. Just Let's forget the PS2 generation happened. Follow it on directly from three. Let's just get a new. <laughs> all all semi popular IPs must be made into life service. Yeah, that's just well, how the, get... that's the way of the world. And we saw that one with. Yeah. We got Crash 4. That's right. Yeah, I, I said that and I had immediately forgotten that we did also get Crash 4. Yeah. So we, you got what you wanted Crash and you five. forgot about it. <laughs> Yeah, but I want more of that. More of those things, yeah. please. Well, they gave you what you wanted, and now they want to fuck you over. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. They want to. They give you the good stuff like a drug dealer. They give you the good stuff, and now they want That's to true. keep you yeah, string you along with the shitty stuff. Yeah, the first hit's not free, but good. That's and right. then after after that, it sucks. That's how you guys drugs work. Phones? You think is Crash Team Racing on phones? Or Team Rumble. Uh, Crash I think Team there's Rumble? a mobile something that's related to Crash. Uh, yeah, there's an endless run. runner. That's what mm. it was. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my favorite kind of Crash Bandicoot experience, oh, no. an endless runner. Yeah. Mario couldn't make that work. What? He did. They, I know they have a game, but it's, it sucks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know there's a game. Good. I just said they couldn't make it work. Mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I want to talk about a concert I went to last night. Uh, I went to check out the, uh, a new world, you know, that, that final fantasy orchestra thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, they're doing this little tour called an intimate, intimate music from final fantasy to celebrate the 35th anniversary. Uh, so I went to that last night, uh, courtesy of some, uh, lovely PR people who gave us tickets, which is very nice of them. Uh, and it was kind of neat. Uh, being in a in a little auditorium setting with a lot of other people who want to listen to Final Fantasy music because you know it's I mean it's been around 35 years and Final Fantasy just kind of has this connection to the music um, that a lot of other series kind of don't. I mean, there's mm-hmm. theater rhythm games right that are just all about 
the music. But even then, you know, you play a song from a Final Fantasy game and it takes someone right back to their, you know, their memories of it. Not only that, but it's like if someone knows the name of one music composer in gaming, it's probably... Nobuo Uematsu. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the one guy that they know. Right. Or maybe like Koji Kondo for Legend of Zelda. Maybe. But yeah. Uematsu gets talked about a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he gets... (laughs) Um, and uh, he wasn't there, of course, this was in Seattle, um, but, uh, the, the conductor, Eric Roth, who I think has been doing this since a new world started in 2014, uh, he's a very fun person to watch conduct Uh, (laughs) because, you know, conductor, you know, they have their back to you, right. Cause they're, they're basically the, the timekeeper for the whole orchestra, Mm -hmm. but he like conducts with his whole body. Like he, he's bobbing up and down. He's dancing. He plays a slide whistle at one point. Perfect. Um, there's um the there's one song from Final Fantasy 13, Sarah's theme that has like a, a vocal melody to it, and he just sings it while um conducting the band, which is kind oh, of yeah. that's really cool. That's awesome. uh, yeah, it was interesting. Um, but th- I think there's just something kind of cool about how, and you know, this is like this is my first time going to a concert about like specifically about video game music, you know, where it's just music from games we've played. Um, but it's interesting to be in a room like that with people who other with other people who you know get as excited as you do and it's not just like oh i heard that song on the radio and really love it but it's i remember when i was fighting sin in final fantasy 10 and we were all there we all had that experience and you know and that that's a culmination of hours of playing the game right you know in our in the past 20 years and that kind of feeling it's it's something i've never felt before and it's something i think i would really recommend if you live in a, in an area where you can get to one of these kind of concerts i think it's a very cool and unique experience that you won't really get with other you know if you if you go to like a, a pop musicians concert or a rock concert like those are cool too um it's just a different kind of like shared feeling than mm-hmm. like a final fantasy concert in a way yeah, that's an interesting point because like if you think about most music with people like if you think of any album whatever it might be it's whatever they're going on in their lives at that moment is what mm-hmm. they remember yeah and with games like you're saying memory. you remember those specific gaming moments and everybody having that shared memory that is more kind of less the same more or less the same that is a very unique i hadn't thought about that yeah because you know, Everyone, you know, it's like, oh, that, that was my breakup song. But it, it might yeah. have a certain quality to it where, like, other people, it could have been other people's breakup song, too, or something yeah. like that, right? Hmm. Yeah, it is it is a unique experience. I've been to a couple Zelda concerts on Fantasy Concert, and it's there's just kind of this vibe to it where everybody's excited to be there, and, and you just kind of feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the the people playing the music, I think, have a certain level of passion towards it as well. For sure. So it's it it's not just shared necessarily with the audience, but also with the people doing the music as well. Yeah. Stretch, were you gonna say something? Um yeah, I mean it's kind of on the similar veins, you're just like, yeah, you know, everyone knows that like, hey, this is the song that plays when you boot up Final Fantasy X, but like whether someone was a kid booting it up for the first time late at night after getting off shift from a crap day at work versus someone who is in their 40s already playing it um you know from the comfort of home like there's so many different ways that like it still has that emotional tie-in for like where were you when you heard this yeah. but it does give that common experience as well 
and that common um that common struggle that everyone took to get there like the first time you hear to Zanarkand at the beginning of the game you don't know who any of these characters are um they're in some weird place with twinkly lights uh and then it like flashes back back to Zanarkand um but then by the time you get back to that rest point at the end of the game even in those two times you hear the music everything is different yeah you've heard you um, just laugh <laughs> don't start this oh my god you know, everybody stumbles sometimes so not, not everybody's perfect yeah i i yeah speaking of xanarkand actually i think what i found very funny is um you know at concerts right everyone's going to cheer clap etc right mm -hmm. and when you think of like a pop you know concert or rock concert you know and people when the band's like okay now we're gonna we're gonna play our hit song you know it's the final song right it's the hit song the the one yeah. hit that everyone knows right and then yeah. when they announce it everyone goes fucking wild um it was that same energy when the um when the when the conductor was like, and now it's time to play Xanarkand. And everyone cheered for it. But then it's like, if you know that song, <laughs> the energy immediately after the cheers is like, oh, this is depressing. Was that the sad. song that got the biggest like reaction? Uh, it was that. And uh, all he said was, and now it's time for a selection from Final Fantasy VII. That also got oh, a big cheer. And they, they played... Yeah, and they played One Winged Angel, which was... I, was, I figured yeah. if they're going to do one, I figured that'd be the one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, contrast Harris that with Xanarkand. Is also right? a big one. Yeah, very different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, final boss music? Okay. Oh, he transformed? Okay. Oh, shit, the lyrics are in Latin. We're fucked, boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a cool, cool vibe. Um, they ended it. There were like two encores. They had one where the uh, solo guitarist played just the theme from Final Fantasy, you know, like the one that has been from the first game that you still hear, hear throughout. Yeah. Um, and the Chocobo then, theme. And they ended it with the Chocobo theme. Well, they did oh. actually. Yeah, they ended oh. it with that. That's that's where, the, yeah, the first one was the actual theme from Final Fantasy. And then the Chocobo what a, theme. What an upbeat way to end it. Yeah. Oh, is and that, that the one that had the, one. the slide whistle? It was the one with the slide yeah, yeah. whistle, but he was doing a like a slide whistle solo, like actually playing, you know, music with That's it instead amazing. of just doing like the the one way up or down. So yeah. I, I thought it was kind of interesting to see. And the pianist had like a, a little rubber ducky that he would squeak as part of the song. It was fantastic. <laughs> it, be like, it would be super weird to be. I don't know why to, for choke the, the choke bus song to hear that. I don't know a lot. That's got to be such a weird thing to watch a bunch of people perform it. <laughs> it was weird. It's Especially, such a funky song. Like, yeah. <laughs> Especially when you look at it too. So if you just like saw a picture of the, the concert, it looks very, you know, like yeah. orchestral. It's very regal. You know, you got violinist, cello, double bass, you know, yeah. drum set in the back, piano. Like, it, you know, it looks very serious, quote unquote. Yep. And then they play the Chocobo theme. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's just in that kind of setting because, like, oh, this is like we're at the opera. And now here comes the Chocobo theme. <laughs> <laughs> Norma yeah. playing to the Chocobo theme. Yes. <laughs> like, vi video game music is one of those things that a lot of people, especially, like, when it's, when it's background music, there is an art to making background music. People don't understand. Like, I need something that sits in the background, doesn't make any obscure silences, that mm -hmm. is repeatable, and it is not going to get fucking annoying after hearing it for 10 hours. Right. Um, I, and then to make yeah. like the big instrumental pieces as well. It's been really cool seeing this concert, Kingdom Hearts concerts, Pokemon concerts, yeah. the Zelda concerts that go around. 
that mm-hmm. people are appreciating and that, you know, as they get into their forties and fifties and stuff, um, or even, even younger, but just like that, it's an option. Video games have matured to the point that it's not, not every video game soundtrack is crush 40, um, screaming about rolling around at the speed of sound. Right. Um, Although I do wish like, every video game music console yeah, was that's, that. That's how all Sonic's uh, soundtrack um, should be. But, but that people like, can go and appreciate what is, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, someone would be like, why the fuck are you going to a concert about a, an SNES game that you played? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like there was one where they played a song from, which one came out in 1991? Was that Final Fantasy 2 or 4? I forget. But uh, well, when, calling, yeah. when they played a song from that game, the composer and then turned around to the audience and asked, like, so how many of you actually remember playing this in 1991? Uh, you know, like yeah. that, yeah, it's fun little banter. Um, but I think that's what made it interesting, too, in that, you know, you were talking about this earlier, Otten, about how it's like it feels like the opera. Like, mm. you know, it's very regal in a way, like because it was at Benaroya Hall here in Seattle, which is the, quote, home of the Seattle Symphony. You know, it's very... fancy vibes and Mm -hmm. what was interesting is the audience was this weird mix of like there were some people who did dress up for the opera you know like they were nice like they looked nice like suit and tie like elegant dresses like yeah yeah but then you had uh, a lot of people most of them were just casual you know jeans and a hoodie or something along those lines and then you have the cosplayers yes cosplayers (laughs) tell me tell me what they were wearing I, I don't know enough about Final Fantasy XIV to uh, confirm. Useless. It was mostly Late Final gamer. Fantasy XIV um, uh, cosplays of some kind. Oh, that's cool. Everyone's yeah. OC. Yeah. So the one that came out in 91 was the American release of Final Fantasy II, which was actually Final Fantasy IV. Okay, so, so I was kind of right. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. Um, so yeah, it was just weird seeing like you know someone dressed to the nines, dressed to you know fucking final fantasy and then just cash you know just just that whole mix you know it's it's an interesting vibe for sure that's awesome yeah Yeah. um they're playing i think this weekend in uh uh, in pennsylvania i want to say pittsburgh yeah sorry in yeah pittsburgh Pennsylvania. right yep yeah so if you're in that area you don't have a ticket and you are curious check it out It, it may or may not be sold out you know, yeah. also kind of cool. There. They're going to be in Australia in July. So if there are any Australian listeners, um, can check them out there. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Uh, Otten, you've been playing The Last Spell. You talked about it before on the show, and and here yes. we are. Long time listeners will remember. Yes, me talking but about The Last Spell. This is not the last. Whenever spell. it was, last year sometime. Mm-hmm. It is now released. Uh, fully, it was in early access when I talked about it. It was in early access for quite a while. Uh, I got a ton of support, but I guess it's a hmm, it's a roguelite that's like hmm. Imagine it's harder to describe. It mashes up a lot of stuff really well, but it's like it'd be one of those like if you were to use every buzzword, it'd be like a thirty-word long sentence <laughs> to mm. describe kind of a game. But it's a roguelike game where you have uh, where you're defending a town in the center that's being swarmed by monsters of some kind, and it's turn-based uh, where 
you have a phase where you're building up the town, which can you do stuff like build up your production of resources that you need to build more defenses or build more buildings that provide more uh, benefits or things for you. And then there's a deployment phase where you have your four heroes or, well, you start with three and you can get more over the course of a run. Uh, it'll be new heroes every time that each have their own traits. Like some, like, I think one's like, uh, this person's a coward, so they have less health and less movement and stuff like that will be attributed to them. Mm. So some might be more naturally suited for different uh, gear that you might pick up because your abilities that you have are all attached to the weapons that you use. Um, so like someone that wields a sword can do vastly different things from someone that has an axe in their hand and they have their own benefits and situations that they work out in. But when it gets to a phase at night, you have to protect the town and you have the walls that surround it that you can situate heroes at. Um, it's a grid-based tactical game where kind of the name of the game is like all your heroes go first and then they go. They'll move and then you could get hit or your walls get hit or whatever. And the name of the game is like kill the, as many as possible, as efficiently as possible. Mm. So it's not, it's not like a Fire Emblem Lee or that kind of tactics game. Um, it's it's got an interesting vibe to it. Like you have to try to figure out because you have only a certain number of moves per night per hero that you could do. And like if you aren't efficient enough, you were gonna just get fucked because mm -hmm. you didn't kill enough or what it might whatever it might be. Or you positioned yourself wrong and let them into the town because if you let them in the town, they can destroy important buildings. And there's like a certain like terror level within the town. If you let stuff in, they won't reward you as much because at the end of every night, if you survive, they're like, hey, here's a bunch of material and gold that you can use to buy items or buildings and defenses. Um, and if you let a bunch of shit get destroyed, they're like, fuck you, man. You need a new better job. It's, it's mm. kind of backwards thinking. You think like, oh, my God, give him everything. <laughs> Save us. Yeah. But, but that's not it's how it works. They're, they're, they're stingy, these uh, <laughs> villagers. But yeah. um, it's it really hits a nerve. Like, it's just a, I don't know. Like, it was one run of it might take you seven hours. Wow. wow. Yeah, because it's it gets progressively every turn heavy. gets progressively longer because there's more shit you have to deal with, right? Um, well, so if it's a roguelite, right? So it's like when the town dies, that's the end of the run, right? Yep. So so let's say you do a run. What's yeah. different about the next run because of your so, first? There's a lot of stuff going on in this game, like but yeah. the there's two like there's essentially like an achievement system um where you do certain things in the game and like let's say you used enough of swords so you've unlocked this set of swords that you could potentially get on future runs mm. uh, kind of thing or you've recruited this many heroes because you can build an inn and that's how you get more heroes to you to use during a run um and you do a certain number of those and it unlocks something for you in the game on the flip side you're also getting a currency that allows you to unlock things like uh, permanent health buffs for all of your heroes, experience gain stuff, new weapon types, new building types, new all that kind of stuff. Um, so that's really the stuff that stays with you as you move forward. And, and you unlock different um, uh, modifiers that you can put on uh, your runs and you get to choose and swap those out as you see fit and like some might you have a certain like five points let's say that you can use some might cost two some cost one like you have to fit them in mm -hmm. and i haven't 
I've played a lot, but I think there's multiple levels and each one has its own challenge. I get a boss at the end and it's vastly different layout and different uh, difficulties to figure out. Um, and I think you get like, you can add more modifiers and stuff for later ones because it could be a bigger level. I don't know. Like it's, it takes, there's a lot to it. It's a big game. Okay. So what would you say is, because when you talked about it, you know, yeah. over a year ago, right? That was still early access. What's the big draw now that it's 1.0? I mean, the obviously big, it's a finished. Yeah, unquote, the but. big change is they really tuned the progression and the difficulty. Because before you could, you would just get wrecked so quickly because <laughs> you didn't have that much uh, going for you. And with another thing that they tuned a lot better is the starting weapons. Because before you could get something, um, get like a a staff or something that isn't all that effective at a lower level. And so you're like, well, I guess I'm fucked with this guy like mm-hmm. <laughs> for a bit because you get stuck with what you roll with. Cause you don't have the resources to change what they're using and that kind of thing. But I is think there, that that's the biggest tuning that they did. Is there like a, a story element or like a, an actual I mean, game or is it just like, endless and you just keep leveling there up. is i don't remember i don't have been paying attention to it to be honest with you <laughs> so i don't know what it is because like there's that there's those two things that unlock permanent things that carry over into runs one's that achievement thing one's that currency um and they're two different gods one's light and one's dark that's mm-hmm. all i can tell you i do not know okay. why they're there and when they come up i'm a story guy but on this game i don't know why i'm just like fucking click click click, click, click. go through all the dialogue get me to the next unlock thing let's fucking get out let's right. get back to the thing so I, it's, it could be amazing i have no idea it's not that i it's not that i engaged with it and was like ew it's just i literally haven't tried to never engage it could, could be as good as pentiment could you're be. just you're i have no idea to acknowledge uh, it usually this is the perfect game that like when i've been wanting to just not think about stuff or i watch something else or listen mm-hmm. to something else it's That's very good, good at that because it's it's very moment to moment you're making one decision and then the next decision and the next decision uh in a row you don't have a lot of stuff you're juggling at once necessarily that you're having to keep track of in the moment there's a lot of stuff to keep in mind but you're making one decision after another after considering things Mm-hmm. which is a very different kind of game if you know what i mean it's like yeah. it's like a civilization versus something like fucking i don't know total war where mm-hmm. it's just it's way more going on right so you're saying that people should be playing this while listening to our podcast exactly it's perfect for listening to this you should be you playing can, it right now you can listen to me describe the game while you're playing the game mm-hmm. that's immersion that's what it is. That that's like going to the the concert for the Final Fantasy games. Exactly. Same we thing. in a way we're the concert exactly. for the last spell. We're we're a concert of. I'd like a refund, please. <laughs> I didn't pay anything, but I, I feel like I'm entitled to a refund. How you your choice to poorly manage your time is your problem. <laughs> we cannot refund time unfortunately unfortunately yeah well that's the last spell out now 1.0 on steam right pc uh yeah yeah uh yeah i don't think it's out on anything i think it's just a steam game um i could be wrong but it's it's a great game it's not super expensive if you are a a tech person or like uh, if you like something like they are billions and that kind of thing it's got Mm. a similar vibe to that but it's not rtsy like that is or tower defensey kind of thing that's what it's unique thing is it's melded that tactical or um tactics based 
gameplay, like the grid-based based gameplay um, to it that's pretty unique. I don't think there's there's anything else like it that I've. I mean, I'm sure there's probably something, but I haven't seen it. Right. Um, it's not. There's not a lot of them. We'll say. <laughs> But right. it scratches. It's a weird mix of like a tower defense slash tactics game that works really well. Hell yeah! Well, I think that is a wrap on today's episode of the Tech Raptor Podcast. We hope you enjoyed, and if you did, please leave us a review on whatever platform you are listening on. Stretch, you've got a big smile. What's what's happening on your end? As you know, you can check out all of the latest news and reviews over at TechRaptor.net slash home. <laughs> right techrefer.net slash home right. uh, Rut's been having a lot of fun auditing auditing our website this week <laughs> um, or, or just click the link tree in the the, the, the description yeah. below that'll you won't even have to think about what a URL is or you just, just go to it. Google and type in tech space rafter and right. we might not come up turn off safe we search for that yeah yeah <laughs> I hate you all. <laughs> uh, and hey, let us know in the comments down below what do you think about the whole Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard? You know, now that a big authority at the UK is saying, hey, this can go forward, who knows what will be next? So we'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments below, uh, either on YouTube or on our website, techraptor.net slash home. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we will be back next week with more of this show and we will see you then. Bye.